You're listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. Midtown Church is a family compelled by God's love to practice the way of Jesus together in Austin. Our big prayer is this, in Austin as it is in heaven. Learn more at midtownaustin.org. All right, well, good morning, Midtown family. It's good to worship as we continue our uh, exploring this 28 days of prayer and fasting together. I'm excited uh, to continue our teaching series on Teach Us to Pray uh, this morning. And as you've made your way back to your seats, I'm going to actually invite you now to stand, and CJ is going to read our opening passage for today. It's uh, misprinted in your connection card, so if you got that, it's actually uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. So thanks, CJ. There we go. (laughs) The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, CJ. I can grab your seats. Speak. For your servant is listening. Speak, for your servant is listening. Today we're going to talk about how we can actually hear God through prayer, that we can listen to God. But before I jump into that, I do see some new faces, so I want to introduce myself. My name is Justin. I serve as the associate pastor here at Midtown, and I want to give you thanks for being here and congratulate you for fighting the marathon traffic. You guys did it. You're, you're among the chosen, or you read your emails really well, or you just live in a very convenient place. Um, but glad that you're here. Trust that God's going to do some neat things for us. And since there are some new folks, looks like some families too, just want to give you a little catch up on kind of what we're doing. And the, what, this isn't just a sermon series called Teach Us to Pray. It's actually kind of a whole thing we're doing together as a church that we're going through 28 days of prayer and fasting. And so in addition to the sermon series, we've got these prayer guides that if you didn't get one, you can get one on your way out. And then during the week, we're each practicing a different kind of prayer. And so we talked week one about uh, talking to God. And week two, about talking with God. Week three, here we are, listening to God. And then we're going to talk uh, next week about just being with God. And these are kind of ways that we develop in prayer. So when we talked about talking to God, that's really just when you're, you're talking with God and maybe you don't quite know how to pray well enough yet. And so you're learning how to pray by using other people's words, things like the Lord's Prayer that Jesus gave us. Hopefully this will end. My uh, sound will end soon. I'm, apologies. Um, if I need to grab another mic, let me know. No? All right. It's good. All right. 
<clears throat> then uh, week two, this week that we just we uh, talked on Sunday, but this whole week we've been doing the second thing, which we talked about is where you actually learn to talk with God. And that's where you're actually not just using pre-written prayers, but you're actually using your own words, talking with God. And we talked specifically about how to do that through prayers of gratitude and lament and through prayers of petition or intercession. So I hope you all had fun doing that this week, in addition to discussing them in our small groups that we have throughout the week. So that's kind of what we're in the middle of. And today we're going to talk about actually listening to God. And we've tried to make the argument uh, a couple times now, but when you've got these four different ways of praying, it's not like you just move on from one to the next, you never go back. Like in one sense, these are all great ways to pray. And people with a mature prayer life are, are practicing all of these things. But in another real sense, this is kind of a way that you actually progress in prayer. That usually it takes kind of doing one of these things of learning just to talk to God before you learn to talk with him. And now we're going to talk about how you can progress to where it's actually not just using your own words, but now you're actually listening. And prayer becomes a two-way conversation. And that's kind of just how we grow. You know, you think about it as a child, that's how you kind of grow in speaking as well. I was thinking, you know, Brenda and I don't have kids, but we've got nine nieces and nephews. And I remember, like, trying to talk with them, that really awkward phrase where they, they kind of, they can use words, but they don't really know how to have a conversation. So we, like, always call them, like, on their first day of school and be like, hey, how, how was the first day of school? They'd say, good. Okay, yeah, did you like your teacher? Yeah. Uh, did you meet any new students, any new, new friends? Yeah. Can you, can you use more than one word? No. I mean, that's just kind of how it went, you know, but that now that they've been matured and now we can have these great long conversations. But there was that phase where just they didn't quite know how to have a two-way conversation. And so I'm excited to talk about this subject today because I think it's true that we can actually hear God in prayer. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant's listening. Prayer can be a two-way conversation. And here's what I want you to understand from the start. Two things that I want to try to get across from the start. One is that God still speaks. God is still speaking. God still speaks to individuals, just like we read about in this passage that we're going to look at here shortly. God still speaks. He speaks to us in many ways. He speaks to us through others. He speaks through us uh, through circumstances. He speaks to us through uh, dreams and visions. He can speak to us primarily through his word, and he speaks to us as we pray. God is still speaking. That's the first thing I want you to understand. And the second thing I want you to understand is that you can actually learn to hear God's voice better and better. Like as you mature in your prayer life, you can get to where you can actually hear God better and better and better. It's something that we can all grow in. And so that's what we're talking about today. In fact, I, I, you chose like tons of different passages in the Bible where God actually spoke to someone. But I chose this one specifically because you see Samuel actually taking this step, hearing from the Lord for the first time. And then becoming, you'll see if you read the rest of the book, that he was, becomes just a great prophet who constantly hears God. But here he's hearing from God from the very first time. I won't read the whole passage over again, but if you just go back to verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So he's learning here. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. And then Eli realized it was the Lord that was calling the boy. So Eli said to Samuel, go and listen. <clears throat> go and lie down. And when he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went to lie down in a place. The Lord came and stood there, calling at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. See, he hadn't heard it before. But now he's beginning to have this uh, relationship with God where he hears from him and God speaks to him. And he's going to continue to do that throughout the rest of his life. 
you were to actually read what would go on, we're not going to read kind of what happened, but when the Lord actually spoke to him, he gave him a, a pretty strong prophetic word about what was going to happen to the nation of Israel and specifically some judgment that was going to come to Eli, the guy that he was just talking with, the guy that he went to, because Eli and his sons as priests had, had really contaminated the priesthood. And so God was going to bring judgment on them. And so Eli actually says, well, what did the Lord tell you? And Samuel bravely says what God said, and Eli said, you're right. So he's hearing from the Lord for the first time, and this is really when the mantle gets passed from Eli, who was his mentor, to now he's going to be the one that hears from the Lord. God is speaking right now. <clears throat> Just joking. <laughs> it, is, it is 11.01, so we need, do need to pray. Teach us to pray. And so if you, if you set your alarm to 11.01 like we asked. Um, but I want you to see, too, this isn't just something that, that we see in the Old Testament. This is something that Jesus taught his disciples to expect. He said that we would be able to hear his voice. Most famously in John chapter 10, he said it this way. Very tr uh, truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them. When he, was brought out, uh, when he has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will not follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus used the figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Jesus is using this figure of speech in this passage. He famously calls himself the gate, and he calls himself the good shepherd. And he's saying that the sheep would hear his voice, and they'd actually be able to distinguish between his voice and the other voices, which is one thing that you can do. As you grow in prayer, you begin to distinguish God's voice, Jesus' voice to you from your own voice or from the voice of the world or even the voice of the enemy. Jesus would say, like, this is going to happen. As you begin to follow me, you're going to know my voice, and you're going to be able to distinguish it from other voices. Again, in that passage, a few, few verses later, he says this, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not in this sheep pen. I must bring them also. Also, They, too, will listen to my voice. They shall be my flock and my one shepherd. Just as Jesus, we've talked about it a couple weeks ago, how Jesus modeled prayer such to the degree that the disciples would come to him and say, Lord, like, teach us how to pray. There's something different about your prayer life. Teach us how to pray like that because they saw a two-way relationship where Jesus was speaking with the Father, but he was also receiving from the Father. And that was what made them say, I wanna, I wanna know that. And Jesus says, this kind of way that I know my Father, you can know me too, you're gonna hear my voice. And I love that it says that there's sheep, he says there's sheep that are not yet in this pen that I must draw in, that's, that's you and me. Like he's brought us in. And we first heard his voice when he, when he called us to salvation, when we put our faith in him the first time we heard his voice. And when he fills us then with the Holy Spirit, whom we can have fellowship with and continually hear his voice through his spirit, which is in us. That's how we can hear God. So first thing I want you to get is that God still speaks. Second thing is that you can grow to understand and hear and discern his voice better and better. What I want to do with the rest of our time, though, is give you a couple of ways that I think is important ways to hear God. There's probably a hundred but I just want to give you four specific ways that you can begin to hear God's voice, practices, things that you can do to begin to hear him. I'll go ahead and list them here. It's listening to God by receiving his love, uh, listening to God by examining your heart, listening to God for intercession and prophecy, and listening to God to discern his will. Again, there could be more, 
but I think these are four great starting spots for you to begin to grow to hear God's voice because he still speaks. Let's talk first about the first one, listening God to receive his love because I think it's the most important. One of the best ways that you can hear God's voice is to just let God speak his love over your life. Speak truth of your life. Tell you who you are as a son and daughter because we're all filled with different thoughts about ourselves. The world would tell us different things about ourselves. The enemy is constantly telling us different things about ourselves. And so one of the most important ways that we need to listen to God is to listen to him, shower us with his love and our identity as his sons and daughters. This is a tough one for me because I'm kind of hard on myself. And this is one that I have to practice often because I tend to think that God maybe just puts up with me rather than that he really loves me. And so one of the ways that I can practice receiving God's love and listening to him that way is just by meditating on scripture. It's like looking at scripture and meditating on it, but then just sitting quiet and letting me picture God speaking that over me and receiving that. My go-to, uh, there's, there's tons of scriptures you could go to, but my go-to is Romans 8. The spirit that you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received has brought you your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. To sit there and read that scripture, but then to pause and receive it as if God is saying it over me. It's a way that I receive God's love and I hear his voice in my life. It's a great practice. The other way that I try to practice receiving God's love is just through worship. One of the easiest ways, just to put on a song that receive, that talks about God's love for me. And as you do that, you receive it. And you're not just singing the words or listening to the words, you're receiving them from God. Uh, my favorite right now is uh, uh, Laura Daigle's uh, You Say. And that's, the, that's my go-to right now when it comes to that, that I go to that song to receive what God says over me compared to what I say about myself, what others might say about me, what the world would say, and certainly what the enemy would say about me. Could you do that? Have you experienced that before where you come to God through a scripture or through a song and you hear his voice speaking over you? We need that. That's one way that we can listen to God. The second way is by listening to God to examine your heart. Uh, David models this for us in Psalm 139, famous verses here. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See, David, in his prayer time, he's writing the psalm. He's asking God, like, search my heart. You can see this a lot in the Psalms of David where he's asking God to to reveal something to him. David knows that he's not a righteous man. He knows that there's sin and there's sinfulness and there's things in his life, but he wants to get to the root of it. He wants to invite God to examine his heart, not in a way to beat him down, but in a way to reveal it so he can grow, a way so that we, if we do this, can become more like Jesus, asking him to examine our hearts I know I do this in in many ways because I realize that when there's sin in areas of my life, that it's like an onion, right? There's there's always something deeper and deeper behind it. And behind every single sin or sinfulness in my life is unbelief. There's some root of unbelief where I've bought into a lie. And that takes time to get to the root of that, right? And so one of the ways that we can listen to God is we come before him and we pray David's prayer, God, just search me, examine my heart, help me get to the root of what this looks like in my life. I can do this sometimes uh, like the next day after something went wrong. So maybe I have an outburst of anger. I've told you that's something I'm really working on this year. I have an outburst of anger. You know, I confess it immediately right away when I do it, but it might take some time that maybe the next day I sit in my quiet time and I say, God, what really happened there? 
Like, search my heart. What was behind that? Would you just speak to me and kindly show me the error of my ways, what triggered it, how I can grow? And God will speak. He'll open up new doors and, and give you wisdom and insights so that you can then resist temptation the next time around. Or, you know, the, the, Brendan and I get in a fight. Yes, we get in fights sometimes. But we get in a fight, and we apologize and immediately confess and apologize. But the next day, I might sit down with my journal and say, God, what, what really happened there? How can I be a better husband? How can I uh, redirect a conversation like that in the future? And I let him listen. I let him examine my heart and try to show me something different that I could do. That's the way that we listen to God is by asking him to examine our hearts. Third way, and this is a fun one, is that we can listen to God through intercession and prophecy. So one of the ways that we can actually listen to God is by how we actually pray for other people and perhaps even how God might call us to minister to another person. You see, in two-way prayer, and it's good, it's good that we have like, uh, say for instance, in our, in our Midtown communities, I know a lot of our Midtown communities collect prayer requests and maybe they email them out to the group and it's wonderful. That's a wonderful way to pray. We ought to have lists and people that we feel like we're called to pray for and it's great that we know how to pray for them from what they told us they needed prayer for. But there's another depth of prayer that you can go to where one, you just ask God, like, who do you want me to pray? Like, God, bring people to mind. Who are you bringing to mind for me right now? And God will bring people to mind. And not only that, as you begin to pray for them and intercede for them, you can ask God, what do they need? What would you have me pray for this person? And it's a powerful way that you can actually hear from God and intercede on behalf of other people because God will speak to you when you ask him to give you insight into who to pray for and how to pray for them. One of my favorite uh, go-to verses in this is uh, Luke 22 with Jesus. And that he was gonna be betrayed by Peter. He says this, uh, Simon is the name for Peter also, but he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you've turned back, strengthen your brothers. You see, what you get here is a picture of Jesus who had been praying for Peter Peter not even knowing it. Jesus with insight as to what was really happening in the spiritual realm in this person's life, in Peter's life, that Satan is asked to sift you like wheat. But God has shown me this so that I can pray and intercede on your behalf and stand in the gap for you. Amazing. An amazing joy to participate in people's lives like that. When I did a college ministry at UT for, for a couple decades, uh, we used to always have these annual retreats, you know, college retreats that you have, yay college students. And one of the things that I would do at our retreats almost every time, would there, I would write everyone a personal note. Usually it'd be like on the last morning, I would get up early and I'd just write every single person who's on the retreat, I'd get like a little note card or a little card and I'd write their name on it. And then I'd say, Lord, show me a scripture to pray for these people. And with each individual one, I would write a scripture and then I'd write out a little prayer for them. And the wildest thing is so many times, not everyone, but every time a few of them will be like, how did you know? That verse is exactly what I needed. What, what, do you, what happened? How did you know that? I just, I just prayed. I asked God to reveal. I asked God to show me what to pray for you. So this is God's word for you. He just gave it to me. Amazing. Didn't happen all the time. But the good news about when it doesn't happen perfect like that, you can't go wrong praying a scripture over someone. <laughs> so just write a scripture and pray for someone. But sometimes it hits them right where God wanted to hit them. God can use you that way prophetically by receiving word about how to pray for, even how to minister or bless someone. I think about this kind of prayer when I think about my friend Tony Boudet. He just retired as the uh, president of University Federal Credit Union. Very godly guy, ran, runs the business like a godly man. 
And one of the things that he made his practice of every day is that he would look through his schedule every day, Monday, okay, here's what I'm doing today. And before he would go to work, he would pray through every single person and every single meeting that he was going to have. And he would pause to listen to God and say, God, is there anything that you want me to bring to this conversation, to this person on this day? Can you imagine how your day would be different if you did that every single day? Like you'd walk into, be, you'd, you'd walk into your little business meetings with your eyes wide open to what God is doing because you thought about it all day long and you sought him for how to pray or who to minister to. That's how God can use you. And that's a blast. That's what I said of uh, week one, or I guess it was week zero when we taught on the prayer, that this is the fun part. Like, like prayer, my, best, my favorite definition is participating in the sovereignty of God. Like God wants to do something in people's lives and he can use your prayers and your words prophetically because he's spoken them to you then you can then speak them over other people. Well, finally, we get to the last one. I put this one last because I think it's the one that we most think that we need to go to when it comes to listening to God. And we do, and it's right to go to God for discernment of his will, but it's not the most important thing. Receiving God's love, examining your heart, going to him on behalf of others to get prayers and intercession is most important. But it's right to, to seek God too, to listen to his voice for discerning his will. Uh, one of the words that I, that I love in the Old Testament is the word inquire. I did a little uh, search on Bible Gateway just to see how many times it, was, it popped up, and it popped up 59 times where the, the people would, would inquire of God, particularly you see this in the narrative books primarily of Kings and Chronicles because multiple times things would come upon the people and you'd see the king or you'd see a spiritual leader say, let's go inquire of God together. Let's ask God what he's doing or what should we do next? David, in fact, is the guy that said it the most. Like, David would, would hardly even take a step before inquiring of God. Like, what, what should I do next? I need to inquire of God. I need to discern his will and listen to him. I could have gone many places, but I wanted to read this one favorite story of mine where the people of God began to inquire him. And actually, they inquired him together in a season of fasting. And it's found in the, one of the stories in the life of the king Jehoshaphat. It's a long story, but I would want to read the whole thing because his prayer is too awesome just to read part of it. I'll try to pronounce the names right. Here we go. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites with some of the Munites <laughs> came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came to Je and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It's already in Hazion Tamar. That's in Gedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast in Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard. And this is what he said, what he prayed. Lord, God of our ancestors, you, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. O oh God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people of Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They've lived in it and built a sanctuary for your name, saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether sword or judgment, plague or famine, we, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear and save us. But now here are men from Amnon and Moab and Mount Seir whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they're repaying us by coming to drive us out, as a, um, out of the possession that you gave us as an inheritance? Oh God, will you not judge them? For you, we have no power to face this vast army that's attacking us. My favorite part, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you.
Now that's a pre-written prayer you should memorize. <laughs> Even just that last line, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You see, in this time of great distress and all these nations coming against him, his first instinct has been, we need to seek the Lord. We need to hear from him. And not only did I just need to hear from him as the king, I need to get all the body of believers together. And we need to fast because we're gonna hear God better if we fast. And we're gonna hear God better if we fast together. I won't tell you the whole rest of the story, but I'll sum it up this way. I won't read the whole rest of the story, but I'll sum it up. In this time of prayer and fasting, there was a prophet that gets a word from God that says, well, what you're supposed to do is the next day just go out and worship. And so that was their battle plan. That was their strategy. And so they just sit there and they, they worship. And in the midst of their worship together, calling on God and worshiping him, the armies turn against themselves and they beat themselves up. Too many spiritual points to make right there. But my goodness, I'll stick to the point primarily for this, is that God speaks and he gives discernment. He lets us know what his will is. And it's one of the ways that we should seek him and try to ask, God, what do you have for me? What are you doing? And then what God will normally do is he'll start to do things like give you the desires of your heart to help direct you, or he'll change the circumstances in your life in a way that helps direct you. And then most profoundly, he'll use the voice of others in collective wisdom to give you that discernment to hear his voice. I can think of many times where I was actually seeking God for discernment and, and heard from him. And I can think of one time when I heard my prayer time was actually completely interrupted and God gave me something to do that I was not asking or inquiring about, nor did I want to hear it. As it turned into being one of the most powerful times in my life, though, because it was a time that God called me into full-time ministry when I was 17 years old on a beach in Hawaii. Yes, that's where the God speaks. <laughs> Y'all know a little bit from my story that I put my faith in Jesus between my, sophomore, my freshman and sophomore year in high school. I was well-discipled by this guy named Barry Bowling, so glad that God put him in my life. And went on multiple mission trips and things like that with him. And that, that summer, before my senior year of high school, I was supposed to go to the Philippines. We had like a group of like 300 of us that were all gonna go to the Philippines for a summer mission trip. One, one plane was actually landed, one plane was in the air, and mine was leaving the next day. And then we got threatened by some of the people there in the Philippines. And so the leaders felt like they had to kind of call off the trip. And my plane got diverted to Hawaii to suffer for Jesus for the rest of the summer, <laughs> which, which I really did. We, we served and we did a lot. Um, you might not know this about me, but my, career, my whole aspiration from the, the youngest age I can ever remember was only on one thing. I wanted to be a professional football player. Like, that was it. Like, it was just my goal. It was everything that I put my life into, everything was focused on that. And uh, so much so, I knew I wasn't good enough. I wasn't getting any scholarship offers, but I was very committed to actually try to walk on to a small school just so I could try to make a team and just see if I could make a team and just keep this, I'm gonna keep this thing going until it like gets shoved in my face and I really just ultimately meet, meet a dead end. But that summer when I was uh, praying on the beach, um, God just spoke to me. Now this is gonna age me a lot because this was the summer of 1990 and the song that God used was a song I listened to all the time but it was a song called Whatever You Ask by Steve Camp. How many of people know Steve Camp? Come on, a couple gray hairs? Oh yes, yes, awesome. <laughs> Yes, so Steve Camp uh, had this you know, great grace to write these really convicting songs, and I'd listened to this song hundreds of times, um, but whatever reason this song, uh, God just spoke to my heart, and I felt like he said, if you're going to pray, whatever you ask, are you going to do what I ask, and what I'm asking you to do is to not play football after your last year. I want you just to go to a regular school, and I want you to surrender and go into full-time ministry. I thought, whoa. That is not what I want to hear. And so uh, I, I wept quite a bit, and I committed that I, that's what I was going to do. And so uh, 
Upon hearing his voice, I went and I told uh, Barry about it, the guy that was discipling me, and over the next couple months, you know, got brought in the discernment of others if this was really a direction that God would have me go. But by the time my senior year started, I was pretty convinced that that's what it was. And so I enjoyed my last football season and cried like a baby at the last game, for sure. Um, I applied to bigger universities. I got accepted to, to Texas A&M and to the University of Texas. And clear choice, clear wisdom on which one to go to. Like there's, so I didn't have to pray about that. <clears throat> didn't have to pray about that. And then... Uh, my freshman year, the first week of school, my friends and I started a, a prayer group, and that prayer group grew into a prayer ministry that when I graduated UT, I started doing it full-time, and I did that for 21 years before coming on staff at Midtown, all because of the decision when God spoke to me on a beach, but now you can look back at it and say, when I heard God's voice and discernment, I obeyed what he said, now look at what's happened in our life since. And that's the way that God speaks to us, that he does give us discernment. So God still speaks. You hear me on that? God still speaks. And you can get, any, you can get to know his voice better and better and better as you mature. And so I want to invite you to, to, to try to listen to God's voice, to receive by receiving his love, by examining your heart, by listening for prophetic words and prayers for other people and by discerning his will. And to pray Samuel's prayer, speak God, for your servant is listening. Let's listen to God this week. Now before I get into kind of our practice that we're going to do for this week, I wanna make a couple things really important, uh, real, uh, important notes. Because uh, sad, sadly, hearing God's voice has sometimes been abused. At the very, <laughs> at the very best, it's you know, people thinking that they've heard God's voice have acted unwisely. Um, at, at the worst, people thinking that they've heard God's voice have actually really hurt people. And so just to give you just a little, real quick, like, thing that I think would guard us when we, think, when we try to hear God's voice and discern his voice, I want to just say you should measure everything that you hear from God by at least three things. The first would be by Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is the word of God. As, as John uh, famously started off his gospel, in the beginning was the word. The word was God, and the word was with God. Jesus is the ultimate word, and so if we're going to compare something that we feel like God has spoken to us, we first ought to compare it to Jesus and see that it lines up because the spirit of Christ speaking to us is never going to say something different than what Jesus is or contrary to who Jesus is. Or Hebrews, the book of Hebrews famously puts it this way, in the past God spoke to our ancestors through prophets at many times in various ways, but in these last days he's spoken to us by his son whom he appointed, heir of all things through whom he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. So first, test everything by comparing it to Jesus, the word of God. And then we've got God's written word, which would be the second test that we should test. Peter wrote this, above all, you must understand that no prophecy or scriptures came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in human will, but the prophet spoke uh, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. We test everything by the word of God because anything that you hear from God first must be tested, which is why the best way to hear from God is to hear from God praying with your Bible open. And then third, and the one that people often forget, is God's people. 
You've got Jesus, you've got Jesus' word, you've got Jesus' people. But God has given us a body of believers, and this body of believers is the one to help you test and discern what God's word is for you. And so when you hear something from the Lord, it's great to test it by bringing it to other people and asking, does this seem right? Is this in alignment with what you have? What do you think? Because God will use the wisdom of his people. When Paul was writing the church at Thessalonica, he said it this way in regard to hearing from the Lord. Do not quench the spirit treat prophet or treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Test them all. Reject the evil. Receive the good. So we are to bring the things that we feel like God has spoken as we're supposed to bring those before a community of believers that can help us greater discern if that's God's voice for us. And so I say that to say, as we begin this process of listening to God this week and practicing this in prayer, remember to always guard it by those three things, by Jesus, by God's word, and by God's people, Okay. So, like I said, the best way to actually discern God's word is by having your Bible open. The best way to listen and hear from God is as you're praying through Scripture, interacting with Scripture. And so what we're going to do during this next week is we're going to practice something called Lectio Divina. It's a process that means just divine reading. It's a way of actually reading Scripture but asking God to speak to you. And so the practice for this week will be that you'll have a Scripture in your prayer guide, and you're going to read it once, and the first time you read it, you just say, what is like one word? from that scripture that God's speaking to me. You'll read it a second time and you're gonna ask like, what is like a phrase that sticks out? And the third time you're gonna read it and say, what is, what is God actually saying to me from the scripture? And you're gonna practice hearing from God and see what God does. Does that sound like fun this week? Yeah, it's gonna be fun to get together with your, uh, with your Midtown communities and discuss it. Uh, that's gonna be the practice that we have this, for this week. And additionally, I just say another thing I'd ask you to consider is consider trying to practice one of those four ways that I mentioned. So you can do the Lectio Divina, then you could also say, God, I'm, I wanna discern your will. Like, speak to me about that. Or you wanna say, God, who is someone that you're calling me to pray for? Who is someone that maybe you're calling me to, to bless or, or give a word to? Or you can say, God, examine my heart. Or best of all, we should all practice just receiving God's love this week, listening to him speak his truth, his love over you. Sound like a plan for this week? One last thing that I'll say. What's the cost of not hearing from God? It's costly. Like, we have to hear from God. Like, what's the cost of not recognizing yourself as a son or a daughter and receiving his love? What's the, what's the cost of not ex- actually examining your heart and letting God bring things out into the light? What's the cost of, of not thinking of others and letting him use you to be his sovereign work in people's lives? What's the cost of, of not hearing from God about his will and direction? The cost is great. So I'll end by just saying we need to hear from God. So we need to grow in hearing from God. And that's the challenge that we have before us this week. Thank you for listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. We invite you to practice the way of Jesus in Austin with us, because as we become more like Jesus, Austin will become more like heaven.